Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Today, coming to you from the Treasure Valley. Man, you say Treasure Valley like, I'm in. Where is that? Boise, Idaho, uh, where you can hear our show daily on Sports Radio 630, The Fan Boise. Special thanks to uh, everybody here who has laid out the red carpet. There's literally red carpet here. Uh, I don't know if there was a dead body or what, but there's a big red red carpet blood stain all over this carpet. Welcome in. Uh, speaking of blood, there's blood, blood on the hands of Ben Roethlisberger, even though he doesn't want blood on his hands. Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network will join us upcoming in 15 minutes. Uh, we got a ton to get to. Ton to get to. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers getting rid of Todd Haley, which... Uh, I hate to say I told, I don't really hate to say I told you so. I told you so, and I told you so, and it was not a surprise, but there's a, there's a lot to it. Could Bruce Arians be brought back? Is that, is, that, is that crazy to think of? 
Um, anyway, so we got some football to discuss, plus games that are upcoming. But I wanted to get to this topic to begin. So Paul Pierce's number is going to be retired by the Boston Celtics. And kudos to the Celtics for reti- retiring Paul Pierce's number. Um, I, I don't know if I've shared this fact with you guys, but Pierce was actually my roommate at ABCD camp. Back when, back when I was a kid in 1994, summer of 1994, Paul Pierce, who had beaten my team, he was a sophomore. People didn't know him. He was a center. He's kind of chubby. Uh, anyway, he played for Inglewood High School. By the time we were entering our senior year, he was one of the top 10 players in California. Um, and then by the time, after we got done with this camp, this ABCD camp, which used to be that and Nike camp were the two biggest camps. Um, he became one of the top 10 players in the country. And I remember I was his roommate and he would talk about himself and he, would, and he was kind of half sarcastic. He was sarcastic, but you know what sarcasm is. Like there's always a good portion of it, which uh, he believes to be the truth, right? And he said, I'm one of the great, I'm going to be one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. And, you know, look, do I put him in the Kobe variety? No, but do I, and do I put him in, obviously not in that LeBron and Magic and Michael and, but, or no, the Kobe, but like to be an all-time great with the Boston Celtics is a pretty supreme honor. Uh, So the Boston Celtics, are going to uh, retire his number, number 34, on February 11th. That just so happens to coincide with uh, when they play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, they plan to show a brief video tribute to Isaiah Thomas uh, in, in, like the, in the introductions to that game. Of course, Thomas was traded in the offseason, as you guys know. He played uh, two and a half seasons with the Boston Celtics, his best season of his career. Last year, 29 points a game, and they had the best record in the Eastern Conference. Of course, he got hurt, or his hip was so bad he couldn't continue in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then he was summarily traded before the season began. You guys know this story. So, in an effort to make Paul Pierce, or an effort to honor Paul Pierce by retiring his number, which is the most supreme honor that any sports team, any sports franchise can give you. And then you're talking about the Boston Celtics. That's Bob Cousy. That's Bill Russell. That's John Havlicek. Right? That's Larry Bird. That's Robert Parrish. Like, that's Kevin McHale. Like, you're, that's basketball royalty. They have, what do they have? 17 NBA titles? 17 NBA titles. Paul Pierce's number is going to hang from the Raptors at Boston Garden. A kid from Inglewood High School who didn't start his sophomore year, was playing center, and made himself into one of the great players ever at Kansas and one of the greatest ever Boston Celtics. Like, that's an amazing story. In an effort to honor him, they've actually kind of made him look like a D-bag. That's true. Uh, That's because he's come out and some of the people he's played with have come out and uh, and said some things that uh, he believes to be true and he is honest about in terms of honoring him, giving him a night, and giving a video tribute to Isaiah Thomas in the same night. He said this yesterday. Danny and I talked about it for 40 minutes. He told me, 
This is what we planned. And at the end of the conversation, he said, if you don't want us to do Isaiah, we won't. So I told him, I really don't. And that was it. That's how he left it. Um, Isaiah Thomas took to Twitter and said, I'd like to thank the Celtics for their gracious offer to play a video tribute on February 11th, celebrating my three years in Boston. But since it appears that this has caused some controversy with Paul Pierce's night, I'd ask the Celtics instead to focus all their attention on number 34's career. Pierce went on. Thomas had a shot at being honored. You came, you came to Boston, whether you're playing or not, you should have had your tribute then. I just don't see how if someone is having a Jersey retirement, they're going to be running other tributes to other players. Danny tried to sell me on it, but I told him he had his shot, Danny, and he punked, punked, uh, punked you on it. He pretty much dictated everything. They let it happen because they felt sorry about how the trade to Cleveland went down. It's guilt. That's what it is. Ainge said yesterday that Thomas intended all along to bow out of the video tribute once he learned of Paul Pierce's reservations. Okay, look, I'm calling BS on what Isaiah Thomas did. KG slammed him, Paul Pierce slammed him, but this makes Paul Pierce look small, doesn't he? Like, you know, you can't share the spotlight for a little one and a half, two minute tribute to a guy that played for the Boston Celtics. But it's his night. It's Paul Pierce night. Now, look, could Isaiah Thomas say the same thing? Look, you could have said you didn't want to be traded when they traded you in one of the great all-time heist trades. They traded you, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Carriage to the Brooklyn Nets uh, for a treasure trove of, of draft picks. You could have said that. Absolutely would have been well within inbounds for you to say that. Um, Rajon Rondo came out. What has he, Thomas, done? Oh, that what we celebrate around here when he was told he took him to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is the Boston Celtics. This isn't the Phoenix Suns. No disrespect to any other organization, but the Celtics don't hang, don't hang conference title banners. Wow. Now, look, if, it's, if I'm Paul Pierce, the advice I would have given to him, and I know he's in the media and Paul has never been shy with his feelings, and one of the things that makes Paul great is he just says what he thinks. But he should have allowed Rondo and KG and anyone else to fight his battles. And he should have been at least outwardly gracious. Whatever they want to do, I'm just honored to have my jersey number retired. But the true villain in this is the Boston Celtics. How could you have not seen this to be a problem? You know? I mean, it's, this is a lot like uh, you're, you're asked to come speak at your high school and... You know, Tony Robbins is also speaking like we want you to be the keynote speaker. We do have another speaker. You get there and like we do have another speaker on the docket. Who is it? Tony Robbins. How am I going to compete with Tony Robbins? This is Paul Pierce. I don't I actually don't blame Paul Pierce. It is his night. Like if if. If you think enough of me to give me my own night and to pre-plan it and to make it against the Cavs, which is interesting, right? Like, I, I get the idea. I kind of like the idea of it because you know it would be nationally televised and LeBron there and the place being packed. Like, all of that stuff would will, will work. Um, and maybe, you know, he didn't play his entire career with just one team. He actually ended up playing with four teams. Finished up with the Clippers after a stint with the Wizards and then the, the Nets before that. 
but uh, this is this is one of those things to which the opposite of the intended consequences take place. This is not the law of unintended consequences. This is the actual opposite of the the intention of the Boston Celtics was only to honor Paul Pierce. That's it. There is no greater honor in sports than having your number retired. None. More so than even Hall of Fame. I mean that. That no one in that organization can wear my number. That's pretty cool. And yet, the Celtics like, hey, by the way, we want to run a little video trip. Like, no, dude, I brought every family member, every friend, any person that at my high school coach, Roy Williams will probably be there. He'll bring everybody there. It's my night, right? It's my night. This is when I have a friend who he'll remain nameless. But I remember, you know, sometimes uh, people in my industry, we get asked to do to MC events. And he was emceeing Providence's preseason basketball banquet. And the banquet was about Providence basketball. And they said, hey, listen, we need you to be here an hour early. He was a little bit late. So you could kibitz with people, shake some hands, kiss some babies. And then we need, you know, a 30 second to 60 second intro video. He brought with him a five, five minute highlight tape of his career at a different university. It was just awkward. It didn't take away from the Providence Friars being recognized. But what it was, was it made it about him for at least a short period of time. And it, that's the whole lack. That's not wasn't the intent of the night. And so now when I when I read to you what Paul Pierce is saying. Like, man, he had like Paul Pierce said a little bit of nonsense. He had his chance. He dictated his terms, whatever. Like, look, he's not totally wrong. I mean, it was Isaiah Thomas who chose not to play in the Eastern Conference Finals because his hip was just too painful, right? He could have kind of gritted it out and played through it, but he wanted to protect the future of his career. I can't totally blame him, but, you know, he did not play, actually, in in the last two games, the Eastern Conference Finals. And like a regular season accomplishment, I'm not really sure what that matters. Like, Everything worked out perfectly for him. He's going to make more money in this offseason than anyone ever could have thought possible for Isaiah Thomas in an NBA uniform, even though he's struggling with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And all of that said, Isaiah Thomas didn't want to play last time around because it was his second game back, and he chose to take that day off, so they didn't do a video tribute the first time. They tried to sneak it in this time, and he's a guy who didn't play for him the last two games of his career because his hip hurt. But I read you those quotes and Paul Pierce kind of sounds like a DB. And yet, if you actually think of it, if it's a night dedicated to you, why do you got to spend a couple minutes putting a video on to somebody else? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Drew Brees is a free agent and he came out and said that he doesn't want to be anywhere else. Now, if you think that what these guys say, it's what they actually mean, I give you Ben Roethlisberger, who everyone, everyone believed wanted Todd Haley out. He and Todd Haley didn't get along for a while. And though at times it was a relationship to which they could function when things went badly, Haley's out of a job and Ben Roethlisberger's already said he's coming back. But Big Ben said two days ago, hey, I don't really want any, I don't think we should make any changes. So the team fires Todd Haley. If you think that's, if Ben really meant that, do you think for a second 
that if Ben Roethlisberger really wanted Todd Haley as his offensive coordinator, he wouldn't still be his offensive coordinator. Right? So come on. Come on. Uh, Drew Brees is actually a free agent at the end of the season, which is now, obviously. Uh, he had this to say yesterday as to where he'll play next year. The same way I felt two days ago, same way I felt 12 years ago. That is that I'll be here as long as they'll have me, hopefully. I'll be here as long as they'll have me. Uh, but he is a free agent, and who wouldn't? I mean, like, look, there's Arizona out there. Um, the Giants could be out there. The Jets need a quarterback. The Browns need a quarterback. I mean, you kind of go through this list, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of teams that could that could use it. His most recent one-year contract extension was worth $24.25 million, was the fourth highest average salary in the NFL this year. So he'd been getting paid. And the Saints are like, look, we'd love to have you, but we're probably going to have to dial you back some. Probably going to have to dial you back some. There's multiple places that he could go. I mean, hell, he could go to Minnesota. They'd get rid of all three of those guys. He'd go to Minnesota next year. So Drew Brees is a free agent, but the problem with the idea of Drew Brees going elsewhere is it's tricky. It's tricky for the Saints because they can't they can't give him a huge long-term deal. He's small. There's some limitations to him. He doesn't play as well outside. Um, you know, they just how long a deal you're going to give him? How much money are you going to give him? Because at some point he will start to fade if he didn't if they didn't kind of protect him this year, he may have already faded already. And yet you can't embarrass him. You can't lowball him. You can't give him su- such little money that you don't recognize him as Drew Brees. Do I think it gets worked out? I do, and that's because first Brees is in a tough spot. Right? Brees is one of these guys where it's like you've been married a long time and the girl that you always wanted to ask, always wanted to take out in uh, in high school has just now become available. But like, dude, you're in a relationship. Yeah, the relationship's not going great. That's okay, you're in a relationship. You just can't. You can't. So you can't gallivant around the country going to Arizona. You can't go to Denver and say, hey, what if? You can't go to the Jets and say, how much would it be worth to you? You can't go to Cleveland and, and put yourself out there. You just can't. Can you? Sure. You can. Like, I'm, there's married guys out there that they're, they flirt and they're just like, hey, I'm just being friendly. I'm just flirting. End of the day, I'm coming back. Um, but make no mistake about it, he wants to get paid. And while Kirk Cousins is, is much younger than him, there's 29. Teddy Bridgewater's only 25. Sam Bradford did have a great game. Matt Moore did. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case, da- Chase, uh, Chase Daniel, Brock Osweiler. These are the guys he's competing against in free agency. So he is the biggest, boldest name outside of Garoppolo, who we know will either be franchised or will be signed for a long-term deal. And what the Saints do, like, look, I, I think Breeze is, um, he's forever, forever tied to the Saints. He's their greatest ever player right like look could you imagine a scenario in which he goes elsewhere he goes to arizona and reinvents himself or he goes to denver with that defense 
Yeah, I could I could see it. And you bring it, maybe then the Saints trade for Eli Manning and bring Eli home for his last couple years. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, but um, what I can't see is the reality of him leaving New Orleans as their greatest ever football player. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Here's a guy you can follow on Twitter, at uh, Dan Orlovsky7, at Dan Orlovsky7. Like, oh, I remember Dan Orlovsky. Uh, yeah, longtime quarterback in the National Football League. Kind enough to join, some, join us and uh, give us some analysis on the quarterback position. Uh, Dan, were were we all wrong about Bortles, or did he just play out of his mind on Sunday? <laughs> I think it's the latter. I think he played out of his mind. You know, he's got this defense that can play at such a high level that he doesn't have much pressure on him. So he can go be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more free with his play because he knows, man, if I turn it over, my defense has got my back. The defense is getting him turnovers and opportunistic situations and positions. So, you know, I think they're utilizing their talent pretty good and personnel, and they're running the ball better, which makes it easier, obviously, on the quarterback. I don't anticipate him to go up to, you know, Gillette this weekend and light the world on fire. But, you know, I just think it's it's a product of his defense being so good that he's allowed to play a little bit freer, and sometimes that leads to pretty good play, and sometimes that leads to, you know, bigger mistakes, and it's kind of that roller coaster ride for him. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the week before, he ended up kind of winning the game with his feet, running the football when he threw the ball so poorly. He seemed to lose a lot of confidence even in his throwing, whereas this past week he kept taking some shots down the field and finally hit some. That's where he had his confidence. Um, confidence is a, just a huge part. Uh, give me your sense. Like, look, the Pats defense, not great against the pass, not great against the run. It feels like they short what they shortened the game, tried to give it to Leonard Fournette, get uh, – get him into third and manageable, and then you decide if you're going to let, let him loose? Is that probably the game plan? Well, I, you know, knowing, having played against Belichick and kind of knowing the storyline of him, I don't anticipate Belichick going, okay, well, we're going to, you know, figure out a way to get them into third and short. I think he's going to obviously go, okay, Leonard Fournette, you're doing nothing against us, and we're going to test and challenge Blake Bortles to push the ball downfield. You know, last week against the Steelers, Jacksonville did a really good job of early on kind of keep doing some nakeds and getting the ball out of Blake's hands and situations early on with easy throws. I don't anticipate New England allowing him to do that either. So I, the thing that I think Jacksonville has is, and they showed it once last week, they had this kind of trick play, you know, where they faked an inside run down in the red zone and he bluffed the fullback on the linebacker and he goes down the middle of the field for a touchdown, you know. In the NFL, coaches have these trick plays that they practice all throughout the year, and they have this kind of bag or three or four or five of them, and they always want to call them if the situation throughout the season presents itself. And Jacksonville really hasn't had many of them this year just because the situation probably hasn't presented itself. I think that if Jacksonville really wants to, you know, breed some confidence into their team and to their offense, I'm unloading the bag of tricks that I have early on because – my best chance to go up there and win, especially offensively, is to try and jump up early on them. And I don't anticipate them doing this methodical stuff as an offense going first down, second and seven, third and four. I don't think Belichick's going to allow them to do it. So that is, you know, I think is the best way to get Bortles to go play well. 
Dan Orlovsky joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. What about uh, what about Tom Brady and his matchup against the Jags defense? Right, like all we've ever been told is if you can get pressure up the middle, get him off his spot, he can. You can manage him as a quarterback. You can. He'll miss on some throws. We saw it last year in the first half of the Super Bowl against the Falcons. First three quarters, really. Uh, we saw it against Miami a couple weeks ago. Does Jacksonville's defense, especially their front forward, they fit the blueprint for what it takes to force him off that spot? Oh, they're the one team in the NFL that fits it. You know, I mean, like you said, the narrative is rush four, get home with those guys, and cover with seven. Everyone knows the formula, but very few people have the ability to actually go execute it. Very few people, you know, teams don't have the humans to go do it. It sounds good until the whistle blows. So they match up incredibly well, you know, top to bottom. Their front four is incredibly athletic, fast, and big. They've got linebackers. You know, New England obviously loves to use their backs. Well, Kelvin Smith and Miles Jack are as athletic as, as any linebacker duo in the league, so they match up there well. On the outside, they've got the physical corners that can go and get in your face. They've got good safeties. You know, the matchup for me, you know, I think New England is probably going to try and play with tempo like they do. They'll spread them out, quit throws with Brady, and play with tempo. But Jacksonville, I don't think – Jacksonville has nothing to lose. And so I think defensively they're going to go, okay, well, if that's the game you guys want to play – Let's do it. And they're going to get up in the faces of their receivers and get physical. So the variable that I think Jacksonville really can benefit from is so many teams question how are we going to treat Gronk. No one has a Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he's right now head and shoulders the best corner and really back-end player in the NFL right now. And he's a guy that, you know, Jacksonville really wants to go, okay, we're not going to let Gronk beat us. I see them putting Jalen Ramsey on Gronk as much as they can in man-to-man situations because, you know, Gronk does such a good job of getting open because he's got those little nuances that receivers do. He can use his elbow and create space. He'll lean on guys and create space, and it's either a safety's too little to do it or a linebacker's too big to kind of run with them. Well, Jalen is big enough to handle that stuff, and he's smart enough to know, okay, his stem on his route is trying to get open this way or he's trying to lean on me for this stuff, so... I think that's going to be in Jacksonville's favor, and they just match up well. They have the, the formula to do it, and then they have the ability to go execute the formula. It's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, it's interesting, the Gronk thing. Everyone's saying put Jalen Ramsey on him, but isn't there a does, – that, doesn't that in any way take away from who Jacksonville is, especially considering Gronk can line up uh, as a tight end? You know, he can be in motion in the backfield. He can split out wide. Like, they can move him around. Can't that screw up? The rest of the Jags' defense? Well, it, it, you have a rule where, hey, if he's ever in the backfield or if he's extended, Jalen, you've got him. If he's on the line of scrimmage, then you have a backer cover him. But here's the thing. So New England always, you know, every coach in the NFL says, you know, during the regular season, well, this is a process. We want to trust the process and we want to get better. And then they get into the, uh, the postseason and then it's, listen, we, no more is that our narrative. Our narrative is to figure out an exact game plan of how to execute and go win. And if you watch them in Tennessee, they moved Gronk around. They got Gronk in some crazy matchups. And I wish more teams had that mindset in the postseason. So if I'm Jacksonville, I'm going, listen, this is the best way for us to match up. And if Jalen can cover Gronk, if Brady's going to throw it 50 times and Jalen Ramsey's on Gronk, 35 to 40 of them, does that give us our best chance to win against the Patriots? It may not work against other teams, and it may have to change a little bit of who we are. But to beat the Patriots, you need to because the Patriots are the team who beats everybody else because they change a little bit of who they are in the playoffs. And I, 
I wish teams kind of took that, you know, that simplistic approach of going, okay, this we got to change a little bit who we are because the team that we're playing does it themselves and they're so good at it. So I know that kind of changes their their foundation, but I'm not going to let Gronk beat me. If I get beat by Amendola, I get beat by Amendola, but I'm certainly not going to let the best player on their team and the best tight end in the league do it. Dan Orlovsky joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. This is like every backup quarterback's dream um, oh. for in Philadelphia and in, and in Minnesota. It's not just the opportunities that they both have, uh, but they both have outstanding defenses. They both have good run games. Uh, they both are very well coached in the offensive side of the ball, right? I mean, you know, Philadelphia's head coach is a you know former quarterback in his own right and a good play caller. Uh, Pat Shermer obviously is going to get a head coaching job probably with the Giants here. So, like, you're well coached. You're surrounded by good players, and your defense is going to give you plenty of opportunities to win the game. Uh, this is a backup quarterback's dream. L- let's start with Nick Foles. Uh, they had plenty of time to prepare, tweak their offense, but now what they put in is on tape. Uh, give me your sense of how he'll fare against against Minnesota. Yeah, you know, I get a little bit confused with the whole narrative behind Nick Foles because everyone talks about him like he's just some, you know, bum who's never had success in the NFL. I mean, if you take away the Dallas game this year, which was basically week four of the preseason for them when he threw like 10 passes, and I know he struggled against Oakland, but he played good in L.A. when he had to come in. He played good against the Giants, and he played really well last week. So the there's kind of this perception out there that he's he's just this guy and just because he's in a backup role. So, you know, he executed a game plan against Atlanta, and, and people say, well, he didn't push the ball downfield. Well, Atlanta's defensive structure doesn't allow you to. They, that's how guys at that position make mistakes. So I thought he just executed it really well, and Doug Peterson called a fantastic game. You know, this week, Minnesota allows you to push the ball downfield more because they play more in-your-face coverage. Now, the way to attack them is you really have to send crossers across the field, like two or three guys just flooding a zone. The benefit for Foles is if you watch tape on him, that's by far his best throw. It's like an 18 to 22-yard kind of crossing the field throw. If, if Philly can kind of manipulate some stuff to get guys flooded into zones and drop back and then in some play-action stuff, I think Foles can have some success. New Orleans did it last week, just not enough. So I think he can have some success. And I, like you had mentioned, his coaching staff is so good. They've got three guys on their staff, and Peterson, Frank Reich, and DeFlippo that really, really understand the position and how to attack defenses. So I think Foles is set up to have another good game as long as he just goes and executes the offense. What about Keenum? You know, Case is kind of has he has this narrative around him like he's checked down Charlie, right, and just dink and dunk. But if you really watch him, he's ultra aggressive with the football. He, he's he's benefiting from you know he's been playing quarterback since he was a kid, and he's always had this arm that was incredibly accurate and could throw with timing, anticipation, but not big. And so he's finally in an offense that really suits those traits. And when plays are called, you know, I referenced that like when Tiger Woods stands on number one at Augusta, he'll always feel good about it because it matches his eyes. And I think that's what's happened with Keenum is. He's, when he's hearing these play calls, it's what he's been running and comfortable with his whole life. And it's got a lot of, you know, the, the verbiage is different than what he did in college, but a lot of the spacing and the timing of it is similar. So he feels incredibly comfortable about it. So I think that what you're seeing is a guy that's just ultra confident and comfortable. Now, for all that being said, and, and for how smart he's played, he gets reckless with the football for two or three times a game, which kind of like head scratches because he's so smart and 
you know, he did it three times against New Orleans last week. Twice, it, you know, it worked out for me. He threw back across his body late to Thielen, and then once just kind of scrambling through and up in the air to Thielen, and another time it was picked off. So New Orleans really only capitalized once on the, the three kind of really, really, you know, boneheaded, careless plays. So, you know, if he can minimize that, he'll be successful against the Eagles' defense, but he hasn't shown to do it. He's done it a lot this year. And so if the Eagles, the Eagles want to win, they've got to capitalize on that stuff. But Case is playing at such a good, consistent level. It's, you know, both those guys, it's a credit to them for kind of sticking with it and playing at a high level. All right, last thing you tweeted out about uh, Mike Munchak getting fired. Uh, Dan Orlovsky joining us. Follow him on Twitter. His verified account is at Dan Orlovsky7. Uh, I'll quote, uh, see, Mike, Mike Malarkey. I'm, I'm sorry, I was... Mike Malarkey got fired uh, in in uh, in Tennessee, and you put, I hate to see when good people get fired. To think of finding somebody to just have Mariota run the ball is is the answer is a disaster. He'll last four games. He would survive. He would thrive in a similar offense to Jared Goff. So if it is Vrabel, and it's been rumored to be Vrabel as their head coach, can he get an OC who runs that sort of scheme? Dan, you you know guys that scheme that way. Is there somebody that you would handpick for a young quarterback like Marcus Mariota to be uh, to be in his ear and teaching him a new offense? Yeah, so there's a guy that I'll you know Matt Lafleur. I've I, I had with him, the Rams. I was in Houston. Yeah. Yep, he's the offensive coordinator with the Rams. I had him maybe seven or eight years ago as a quality control guy with the uh, Houston Texans when I was down there, and he was just learning his way through the system and built his career up and then went to Atlanta and had some success with the Rams last year. And I know Sean McVay was really the guy, but at some point Sean McVay got his opportunity. And at some point Matt LaFleur needs to get his opportunity. He, he really, this is his strength. He understands how to attack defenses. Now you never know how good of a play caller a guy is until he actually has to do it. But I'll say this, if you know under, if you know how to understand if you understand and know how to attack defenses and you come from if you come from good teaching and how to be dynamic and creative, which is you know what I think Mariota needs, he needs this, you know, I kinda liken him to like a next level Jake Plummer, a, a more dynamic Jake Plummer where you get him on the edges a bunch, but it's not it's it's more more creative than just sprinting him out and running two routes, you know, just as dynamic and creative as you can be with some ball fakes and play actions and pocket movement stuff. So LaFleur is the one guy that I go, that I know at least that I've been around and going, well, that guy understands how to attack defenses. He understands how to be creative. And he's also watched for a couple of years of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay doing it at the highest level. So, you know, that's the question that I have is if it's Bradle, can Brable, can he get someone like that for Marcus? I would guess that there's some sort of package deal, right? Like you can't, uh, there, there ha- you know, you don't get a job like that unless you have an answer to that very question. We'll see what that answer is. Dan Orlovsky, no Dan, gr- great, great job. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us your perspective on the NFL. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, he's got his own radio show on Sirius XM. Uh, he, of course, writes for Bleach Report. He is a uh, a a a uh, a potpourri of knowledge, a smorgasbord of wisdom. He is Rick Buecher from Bleach Report. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, Buecher, let's let's start with the Lonzo and Lavar stuff. It is curious sure. that Lonzo. I know he sat out last game against Memphis. Going to sit out tonight against Oklahoma City, but he's been playing better with his dad out of the country. Do you think there's a correlation? 
Uh, I don't know. Probably. I also find it interesting that since the last salvo with uh, regarding Luke Walton, that LeVar has been relatively quiet. I haven't heard him say anything additionally. And while I'm not convinced that Lonzo has said anything to him, and I don't know that the Lakers can say any more than they already have, I wonder whether at this point the league has stepped in and said, you want your kid to be part of our, you know, the promotions that we have on a national basis. You want us to you know, consider uh, Lonzo as, uh, for, for the commercials uh, that we do where we use all the top players. You need to stop doing what you're doing because you're hurting the Lakers, and if you're hurting the Lakers, you're hurting our product, and we're not going to have you do that. Yeah, look, I I think part of it is Jeff Goodman isn't there anymore, right? The, that ESPN pulled him off. That uh, <laughs> that, helps. that that that, that the, so so there's no there's no real outlet to get his to get his message back, um, and uh, I think that's probably the the biggest thing. What um, is is that act? Is the Lavar Act? Do you think that would hinder the chances of the Lakers landing LeBron? <sighs> I think it could. I think it's a factor. I think it's a consideration. Um, there's obviously going to be a number of things that go into that. But, I, look, Lonzo's ability, the way the shape of that team, who the coach is, um, I would say all of those elements are going to be uh, greater factors. But I imagine that when there's a conversation between LeBron and Rob or Rich Paul, who uh, may be having this conversation right now in Rob Palenka's office, for all we know, because he stops by regularly, having Contavious Caldwell-Pope on the team, at least that's what I've heard, uh, that that conversation about, you know, what, what, where, where's LeVar going to sit in this universe? I mean, as we know, LeBron and LeVar have already exchanged words and, uh, and opinions, and they weren't kind ones. I don't know that it's anything – I can't look at it as something that would stop LeBron, but it would be certainly something that he would want addressed before he signed on the dotted line. What have you heard about the state of the Cavs locker room after it, the the final score and the, the 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 look? The game was tied in the fourth quarter, but it didn't. It wasn't as close as the score would tell you, yeah. right? It felt it felt like Cat playing with mouse a little bit. What have you heard about what's really going on inside that Cleveland locker room? Oh, it's kind of that's what the Warriors have been doing all year long. I Man, I don't know that they've played great basketball, but they just have a starting four that uh, when they're on the floor and healthy uh, and, the, and the familiarity that that team has, they're, just, they're, they're hard to beat. And they're not, they're not playing great basketball. And I question, I think they're vulnerable too. But to answer your question, um, they're, they're simply, um, I don't think it's, I think it's being blown a little out of proportion. But the chemistry there, and this started from the very beginning of the season and the composition of this team, you brought in, uh, some really uh, d- distinct personalities that the guys that were there and won a championship with LeBron were going to have to move over and make room for, and, uh, and guys that are signing one-year deals. So from the beginning, uh, there was an impetus for this thing to be successful and successful right from the start to keep everybody on the same page and interested. And I'll, and I'll put it this way for, for, for you, Doug, or for anybody out there, you're on a you're on a one year deal. You're on a you're you're on the last year of your contract, and you're looking at the possibility of going someplace else. Um, if if things are not going well, 
you're going to be look. You're going to be spending a little more time, a little more thought on where's my next move. What am I doing next? And there's some of that, from what I understand, that's creeping in to the Cavs right now, which is like, uh, you know, whether it's Derrick Rose being hurt and he's trying to figure things out. Isaiah Thomas, I, you know, I, I thought this was going to be an issue from the very beginning. He's a free agent this summer. He wants to get paid. He wants to prove that his hip is okay. He's not thinking first and foremost, how do I fit in with LeBron and, and you know, what's my role on this team? It's kind of like, how do I prove to everybody that I'm a player? You can do that on certain teams and be okay. But with this one, with Dwayne Wade trying to find his place, J.R. Smith trying to find his place next to Dwayne Wade, Tristan Thompson trying to figure out how he fits in, Kevin Love trying to figure out the center position, and then people are talking about they're going to make another move to add another different piece to this. I just don't see any easy solutions. And, And honestly, you know where it all starts. The fact that LeBron, you don't know what LeBron's doing next year. Yeah, I mean, nobody's committing long-term. Nobody's mentally thinking we're all in. Everybody was like, eh, if I don't have anything better, I got a chance at a ring. Let's give it a shot. It's only one year. But LeBron, the uncertainty surrounding LeBron is, there's no doubt that that's uh, impacting people, whether it's subliminally or, or, or overtly with that entire Cavs organization. Rick Buecher joining us from Bleacher Report, also Sirius XM, uh, Bleacher Report Radio. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so uh, it, this is uh, continuing to be fascinating to me, the LeBron things and too many specialists on that team. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing that I think might you might have mentioned that people missed, you mentioned starting four. Like, the Warriors aren't, they don't appear to be as good. That bench is not as good as it you has been. You are correct. Okay, and I think people are like kind of giving a pass and like, look, they did win, but Draymond didn't hit a shot, and mm-hmm. with all the, with all the the tussling between players and referees, like he's just one, you know, one n- nasty look a- against the ref to getting a technical, getting ejected from mm-hmm. a big game. Are they mm-hmm. in the market to go to go make an addition here late in the season? I haven't heard that from the Warriors, but I've heard from around the league and I've been asked by people around the league because they believe that the Warriors have to be, that the Warriors need to go out and get a dynamic player. And you're 100% right. I heard somebody saying last night that the Warriors were better than, you know, better than they were last year. And I, I couldn't, couldn't disagree with that more. Uh, Andre Iguodala has fallen off. He's shooting 24% from three-point range. Sean Livingston doesn't look the same. And his demeanor, I don't know what it is, his demeanor just hasn't been the same. He's usually a really bright uh, personality in the locker room. He hasn't, he hasn't been that. Jordan Bell is demonstrating that, uh, you know, the stage right now, this stage, the regular season stage, is sometimes too big for him. Uh, you can't count that, that he's going to be able to deliver in the postseason and play a meaningful role. Uh, Nick Young hasn't been, you know, he's been Nick Young, uh, hasn't, hasn't stepped forward. Um, no, I, I think they're. I think they are vulnerable um, as, as much as I think that the Cavs are vulnerable for different reasons. Uh, that first four has to be healthy at the end of the year, and they have to be, uh, you know, all hands on deck for if this Warriors team is going to uh, is going to get it done. And they can um, if those first four are there. But the margin of error uh, has certainly uh, been minimized. 
Buka, I said this. Look, I think the Celtics meant well by by having a video for Isaiah Thomas. I really do. I uh-huh. think they 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 felt bad, and I think they meant well to to Paul Pierce for having his jersey retirement night. You know, not on on a night in which you play the Hawks, right? Having on a big <laughs> night when you play the Cavs, so the place is full and there's some juice and it's on national yeah. TV. Like all all of that sense stuff makes sense. But and, and look, and some of this is on Pierce because. He said some things that I know he felt and that a lot of people felt, but you don't have to be the one. Let KG say the bad thing, right? Let yeah, Rondo be, let, let, let Rondo be the bad guy. guy. I know he's always been that guy, but I, I feel like in an effort to, to make everybody happy, Boston has made Paul Pierce look really, really small in this thing, and that was not their intent. No, I agree. I agree with that, but like this is, this has been Paul's whole career. He's always been the salty dude who says something, and you, and, you, and you look at it and you go, you know what, he's right, but God, did he have to say it? Did he have to say it now, and did he have to say it this way? I mean, this is, uh, this is why I can't, I can't be that mad about it, because Paul's just being true to who he's been from the very beginning, and it does make things awkward. I will go back to uh, Isaiah. You're coming back the first time. They want to do a video tribute to you. You're not even playing, which is an advantage because now you don't have the, the emotional tumult of having this video and whatever you're feeling about the Celtics organization, and then you have to go on the floor and play. It's clean. You, just, you get the video tribute. You get the wave to the crowd. You get appreciated, and, and then you don't have to deal with anything else. And that he would say no, that he would say no to a video tribute, I, that's I, that's where it all starts for me. Like, come on, man. It's, you, you weren't there that long. They appreciate what you did, what you went through, that you were, you know, you pulled on, on heartstrings in Boston. They want to acknowledge that. And then you're going to kind of get, you know, choosy and say, ah, you know what, not tonight. I, I just, that's, the, that's where I think this whole thing went wrong. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, my thoughts on these the, the fights and the meet me outside stuff is while it's entertaining, right? Mm. Uh, like at some point, Adam Silver, who everybody likes, has to be more respected, right? Like again, I don't. You don't have to be David Stern and be heavy handed, and right. and be abrupt, right? And do things just just for the sake of being being nasty. On the other hand, like look, somebody gets into a fight and breaks a hand, breaks an yeah. eye socket. Or, yep. you know, a fan gets involved. It just turns ugly. Everything about the league is is pointing upward, like upward trajectory and revenue and in spirit. And everybody loves the league. Am I wrong to think that these are signs? And then you have the players and the officials and some of, and, and how and the relationship between the two and how nasty that's gotten. In your mind, is it time for Adam Silver to step in and tell people enough is enough? Just go out and play basketball and have a good time. Yeah, I think there is some of that. I think there's coming down hard in this situation because while the personalities involved weren't going to take it too far, uh, in another instance, if you don't really crack down hard, then you have some other guys that are going to the other locker room and, um, and, and, and they are going to do something uh, and, and something's going to get out of hand. So you want to send the message, don't even think about doing this and sending the message to the team that if you have a guy that you think might be headed to the other locker room, you need to get everybody on board and play Red Rover, Red Rover. He's not getting through, uh, which, you know, in this case, I don't think anybody anticipated that, uh, that Trevor, Trevor was going to head over to the other locker room. And 
uh, and that was, uh, you know, ultimately a mistake. He shouldn't have gotten, should have tried not to let him out of the locker room. Uh, so I do think that he has to send a message. I think also, look, I, I appreciate the players feel more empowered than they ever have before. And they're using their voices in a variety of ways that they didn't previously. And I, I applaud all of that. I'm happy to see it. But as a result, um, I, I think they're using it in ways that damage the president that can be negative as well. And this is, comes especially with the referees. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. I don't notice anything distinctly different about the, the, the referees, what they're doing and how they're dealing with guys uh, that's distinctly different. The numbers say there aren't more technicals, there aren't more ejections. I find it interesting that it's the, the Kevin Durant and the Chris Pauls who previously didn't have a high-tech uh, number or ejection number, that these, these are the guys that are, are, are feeling it. And I think in some ways, and KD said this to me in a piece I did earlier in the year, like they, they are feeling more empowered. He said, you know, we've reached a place where we have a platform and we feel like our voices not only can be heard but should be heard. And I think they're taking that to the referees. And I think there has to just be a – honestly, uh, there's the, the broadcast crews meet with the coaches before the game. I wish you'd have the officials sit down for five, ten minutes with the coaches and the captains before games and have a conversation about – how the games, you know, what, what they're anticipating, what they'd like to see, etc. And you have that communication, and people understand what the, you know, what the the refs have on their plate on their end, and the and the refs have a little better understanding of what the where the players and the coaches are. I think a lot of this would go away. Uh, yeah, I but it, I do think it needs to go go away. I really, really do. Uh, I'm with there's you. so much like yeah, there's so many good it's, things going on in the league. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad, like, I don't think things are, you know, haywire, but as you said, the league is looking so good right now. Why, you know, why muddy the waters with something that, that honestly could be taken care of, uh, rather simply? Because I'm just not buying, you know, I'm, I'm not buying. Are, do, do certain referees, you know, are there personal clashes? Yeah, that's going all the way back to Charles Barkley and Mike Mathis. I mean, that, that's, Probably that's just human nature that those things are going to exist in reference to Draymond Green, but that the that the referees are like out to get guys, or that they're you know that they're they're officiating the game in some distinctly different way. I, I'm just not seeing it. I'm with you, Rick Buecher from Bleacher Report. Read his work on uh, Lavar and Lonzo Ball and what people around the NBA are saying. Buke, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Doug. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Todd Haley is out as uh, out as offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That like that's like the uh, worst kept secret in the NFL was that Haley and Big Ben didn't get along. But but you know part of it. What what's amazing about it? What's amazing about it is I get that that. Life is, in fact, a popularity contest. It just is. Right? Like, you can fudge numbers to be whatever you want. And, like, look, we can sit here and go, well, you know, Todd Haley is really hard to work with, and he's this, and he's that, and, boy, he had Le'Veon Bell split out wide first series of the game. Didn't they score 42 points? Right? Like, they scored four. They, they did music. Check the score. I believe the final score was 45-42. What in Jacksonville... Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 45-42. Is that correct? Uh, Doug, that is correct. Okay. And 
And then when they when they lost to Jacksonville at home, did Todd Haley throw five interceptions or did Ben Roethlisberger throw five interceptions? Last time, my stats say that it was Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, this just in, Doug. That is confirmed. It was Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for looking that up. That is our crack staff team, not our staff team that's on crack. Although there was that one time in college to where music was experimented. Uh, this just in, Doug. Back on the crack. Okay, back on the crack. The, the, the point is that like we can crush Todd Haley and everyone knew that he was going to get fired. And I told you, I told you last week, we put it out on Twitter. Music has nothing to do on the weekends, doesn't pay attention to his girlfriend. He tweeted it out on our account uh, during the game. Like, hey, they go, they go down, heads are going to roll because that's how little people think, frankly, of Blake Bortles. But Blake Bortles lights them up. They gave up 45 points. Really, they gave up, what, 35, 35 points because uh, Big Ben fumbles and it was a run back for a touchdown. Pittsburgh scored 42 points and their offensive coordinator gets fired. Like, that's remarkable. I mean, look, I saw we saw it coming and, um, you know, Todd Haley's a guy, I don't know if you guys know, he played golf in college and then coached golf after college at North Texas, I mean, North, North Florida, excuse me. His dad was a front office guy with the Giants, got him his first job, worked his way up, head coach at Kansas City, got fired in Kansas City, but he grew up in Pittsburgh. That's how he got this gig. It was never a great fit. But still, like, there was a lot of points put up on the board for a guy to get fired. I, there, was, there was more to it than that. But isn't it interesting that if you don't think life is a popularity contest, Matt Patricia is going to get a job. He's the defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. The Patriots have the 29th ranked defense in the league. Right? Todd Haley just got fired as offensive coordinator. His team put up 42 points in his last game as offensive coordinator. Against arguably the best defense or one of the top two or three defenses in the NFL. Now, we saw it coming. I'm not saying I'm stunned, but I'm just telling you, life, my friends, is a popularity contest. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.